All right, welcome to another episode of TV Skating Stories where neighbors meet neighbors. Today we're doing another special episode on the candidates running for office that affect our everyday here in the key. We have Alberto Perosh. He's a Republican candidate running for state representative in District 113. Alberto, how are you doing today? Thank you for joining Hello. us. I'm very well and I'm very happy to be here. I know that you you have done these fantastic interviews and I love the chance to be here. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure, my pleasure. I try to I try to bring um the uh, I, I an opportunity for for neighbors to meet people, especially their neighbors, but in this case, you know, the candidates are that are, that are running for office that way they get to know them and and understand a little bit about their background and reasons why they're running so it's thank you for for taking the time to joining us absolutely thank you for the opportunity thank you so let's let's dive right in what are what is a piece of advice that you've gotten that you like the most well in my life i got you know i got one advice from my father directly that told me listen remember something you know, blood makes your relative, all right? But loyalty makes your family. So always be loyal to what you believe and to the people that deserve your loyalty. So that's one, right? And the other one is always about integrity and the meaning of integrity is, you know, even if they're not looking at you, do the right thing. It, politically speaking, since I'm running for politics, instead I got a few advices from some old Seawolves Republicans that told me, Perosh, welcome to the fight. Try not to die on the first day, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. So that's one thing. And the other one, they told me, Perosh, if you're a Republican and you want to do a mean tweet on that fashion, you know, make sure that the truth is in it. You know, <laughs> that's another piece of advice that I got. And believe me, I follow them to the rule. So far, you know, mean tweets, it's whatever. But the truth is what it knocks. And it keeps on knocking and it never gets offended. That's the important thing, you know? So... The truth has to stand. And that's what we're running for. I like it. I like it. So tell us, who is Perosh? Well, Perosh is an immigrant. Perosh is somebody who was born in Venezuela from an Italian conservative family. Our family values, you know how Italians are. Nobody starts eating till the whole family is sitting at the table. The excuse of having good food on the table is because your parents provide well and you people appreciate it. As, as kids in a family, loyalty is the most important thing for everybody at the table is shown because everybody can speak and relate around good food. And that's the excuse because the family got to be always together. So on that base, I try to run also my political life because family is number one in everything. God is extremely important because if you take God out of the equation, then you got nothing. Moral, lights, enlightenment, everything goes down the down the door, and we've seen in other countries who have renounced to it, and you see the situation. So, but who am I? Well, I'm a, I came to United States to study my high school, you know, and uh, with my Italian values and my Venezuela at heart, you know, I went to Princeton, New Jersey in high school. It was a pretty conservative school. At six o'clock in the morning, you had to be shower, shaved, tie and jacket, ready to run your day. So pretty strict. That's good of bringing, I do believe. Uh, times have changed these times, but I do believe that at least if you add that when you're young, it keeps staying in your life. And then I did my high school there in Princeton, New Jersey. And, uh, you know, my father said, listen, uh, stick around, see what you do for university. 
had friends in Venezuela. I wanted to go back. I wanted to be close to my family. But America is a fantastic place. And I got involved. I had very good friends. And I went and I applied for George Washington University. And I, I did get in. I did apply also to Miami University at the time. You know, I did get accepted. I was shooting for Georgetown University, but they told me your English is so so. So I didn't want to wait six months. I got into George Washington University. I tell you the truth, what I wanted to be was an architect. I love to be an architect. In fact, today I flip houses for a living. I, I remodel and I do that because it's in my thing. I know how to design. I know I have a special nick. I have a photographic memory. So that's something that helps. But you know, as in Italian families, everybody sitting at the table, my cousin was six years older than me, and he was the architect in the family. So he told me, you go to Washington, go study politics. We were involved in things in Venezuela with the ex-president and things like that. We used to supply aeronautics to the government. That was the old Venezuela, not this one. That's why at the end, also, we run out of there. You know, Chavez wasn't good friendly to us. We were old-fashioned, good uh, government in Venezuela when it was one beautiful country. So uh, having said that, uh, I did study political science and I got fascinated. I did study in Washington, which is the city to learn. Okay. At the time I was there, Ronald Reagan got shot for all different reasons. So, you know, it was an amazing time I had in Washington, beautiful city, gorgeous city. And then after that, I went back to Venezuela to work with my family in the aeronautic business and all these things that we did. Also got involved with government and things like that. I, I was the director of uh, um, Association of Your Entrepreneurs. Therefore, we used to teach capitalists to kids who used to come out of university. They didn't have a clue how to put a lemon stand within a bureaucracy or permit. And we used to teach them capitalists how to, how to deal with that. We had 20,000 registers. Okay, and I used to write in newspapers. One thing leads to another. Chavez was coming into, into position, and I did attack on the newspapers, saying the truth of what it was going to be. So I was the conspiracy theorist of the time, Perosh, oh. where you get these ideas. So gotcha. from there, I moved out. I came to America with my son back. He was one year old. You know, very, very difficult country at the time in Venezuela. Uh, my son, we had a little situation there uh, because I was afraid. They were going to do something to him. I heard voices. So I packed. I came to America and I have the privilege to become an American four years ago and uh, four and a half years ago. And I swore to defend this country. And that's what we're doing. We don't want to repeat what I saw in different places that have been. I am 59 years old. It's not about my age. It's about the mileage, I think. And the miles is what it takes you and what it teaches you. So... I'm still learning, and I would like to, to give back to America everything that I got. It was hard, but it's a privilege to belong to the number one country in the world, and we want to keep it that way. That's why I'm joining the fight as a politician. So what, what inspired you to run, exactly? Well, it, 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 because I love politics, and if I hear something about speaking about politics, you know what I say, shoe to the shoemaker, that's what I study. I study political science. Mm -hmm. and international affairs. Uh, my minor was actually in Latin America, specialized in Latin America. So believe me, you want to talk about the border, you want to talk about immigration, you want to talk all these things. I know what I'm talking. You want to talk about Washington. I lived there for five years, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I almost got killed there because I had a motorcycle accident. I am a motorcyclist. And it was one of the most famous 
accidents in Washington, D.C. I'm alive by a miracle. So anyway, still look good in a way. They tell me because, you know, it was a pretty bad accident that I had. But Washington was a fantastic experience for me. So I did get involved. I'm always into politics. It fascinates me. And it all started by the privilege that I had because the governor, DeSantis, uh, when he was signing the anti-censoring law, he gave me the microphone and told me, Perosh, do a parallel in your fight against a socialist. And I know you are a pretty heavy activist on it and very well informed. Do me a parallel between what happened in Venezuela and what could happen here. And I said, uh, sir, sir, it's my privilege to have the microphone with you at FYU that happened that day. I will do the parallel, but I'll tell you, it's not what happened in Venezuela and could happen here. It is happening here and we're quite late. So I said, we are against the clock. We got to do something because we are being already infiltrated and I don't like what is going on. And you know that. And that's when I gave my speech that it says, I'm from Venezuela. I come from the future and I come to warn you, do not flirt with disaster. In a few words, I've seen the end of the movie. It's not a pretty one. And America doesn't deserve that. That's what it is. So my job is to wake people up and make sure we don't lose this country. So, and a lot of people, I'm sure, don't know exactly what a state rep does. So because you're running for District 13, that means that it's at the state level, state of Florida level in Tallahassee, and you will be part of the House of Representatives of the state of Florida. To be part of the Congress there as a state representative. Mm -hmm. In Spanish, since we have so many speeches, Spanish is diputado, you know, but you are at the state level, okay? We have a dominance now in, in, in Florida, at, in Tallahassee. And what a rep does is that you have to rule. You have to put into the floor laws uh, to make them into laws. And you put bills to see if the Senate then accepted. And it goes through the process. What you got to do is to make sure that your district, since, and this is an explanation, that was there was the redistricting now because of the census of 2020, there is just a certain amount of people that you are able to attend and you should attend to your constituency. So what you do, you do some rulings at the end, you hope that it goes for the best for what you need for your district, okay? And that's depending on the, on the quantity of people that are in your district. So you have a level and that's why you, you do the size of, of, of what is your district in order that you can have the capability to, to, to serve all. So you gotta be in contact. That's why I always say, a politician that stops knocking at the door is somebody that loses contact with this constituency and it really doesn't know what is going on. I've knocked like 5,000 doors already and believe me, it's been an amazing experience, a learning experience when you see people give your heart, shake your hand, you have sad stories, you have some good stories or you have those stories that tell you, please keep going. You know what I mean? And it's, it's the people ruling. You serve people and that fascinates me. And that's what I want to do. That's one of the reasons, for example, I tell you, I don't want to turn this into a campaign thing, but I'm, I'm self-funding uh, myself. I don't want to owe favors to anybody. I'm not part of an industry of favors, and I don't want to be owned. The people that rules over me are District 113. Whatever they need, that's what I take over there. And I have my idea because I lived in this district for more than 22 years. So I know what's going on. And we, we at the end, we put the laws by what we run. And in the district, if you have a representative, for example, that is conservative, you want the values and you want certain morals to keep stay in place and you need help because we have issues, 
security. We have uh, the issue of the cost of living, of the rentals, of the insurances, okay? And everything that you can do. And security is one of the things that I, that I want the most. Because in an environment when it's insecure, under crime, uh, things don't work. People get scared. Investment doesn't go in. Okay, and one of the works over there is to secure the budgets that we need in order to serve the people of the district, whatever their needs are. Okay, so from you've been you said you knocked on five thousand doors, which is a lot, and you say you have heard some good stories here and there. What what would you say is the most important thing people are asking for nowadays? Listen, people are worried about crime. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, even though we have a governor that's done a fantastic job and we supported the police, it's never enough. Okay. I'm not criticizing, it's to the contrary. You can't take your eye out of crime because it takes a month that you kind of be a little bit lenient. And believe me, the situation will flip like this. Okay. From minor crime to big crime. For tourists, it's very important to be secure in the street, for investment, for house value for your business and for your integrity, for kids at school. I mean, crime is something that we have to fight, number one. I come from Venezuela and the insecurity was the biggest issue that really happened in the middle of chaos and mayhem. So imagine people, how, how, do, you, how do you relate? How do you, how do you progress in a position where you're very scared even to, 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 to go out at night or something like that? So it's bad in every sense, okay? What is the other story? Well, it's very sad when you knock at the door and you have an 84, 85 years old man with his wife and they're about to cry because after they made a life of sacrifice, they might lose their home because the value, because of the taxes, because everything. You, you can't go to bed with a worry that maybe in a month you're going to lose your house. What are you going to do after a life of sacrifice? That's why we have funding. That's why we have institutions. That's why we have a system. We have to guarantee. These people have to go to sleep not having that problem. Another thing are the rentals. And the people cannot have their dream, you know, their, their, their dream home, the American dream, you know, and, and they have to rent. And obviously when you can know that, then everybody wants to rent. And the more requests you have, then it's high. We had a problem with COVID and small business got devastated. People lost their business. 40% of the restaurants got a hit. They are not going to open anymore, you know. And, and, and this is the stories of, that, that you hear. Of people that are very worried, they're worried for their children at school that they're getting, uh, how do you say, uh, indoctrinated. They're not getting educated. You know, you see your child coming back home with a problem of that. I don't know which bathroom to use or or even worse, take it to university. You invest your money to have your son to be a professional, to graduate from a very, very high end school. And you invest half a million dollars to pay for your kid. And he comes back as a you know, with a T-shirt of a Che Guevara telling you that you don't understand this is a hero. So you are like saying what is going on. So our children need to be educated, not indoctrinated. All of these are worries of parents, grandparents. I am part of uh, Hermanos de la Calle. And, you know, people have to spend some time and talk to the homeless to understand the real problem, what a homeless means. It doesn't matter where you put them or what it is. There is a very deep issue there that people do not understand. All right. There is a drug problem. There is a mental problem. And those are deeper things. And that's what we want to serve. That's what we want to fix in this valley of passion. 113 is valley of passion because it's the heart of the city. And that's where we clash. We shouldn't clash. We should get all together. And really, it doesn't matter what, what, what department you are on. 
doesn't matter what 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 uh, party you are on and doesn't matter what is your tendency or thinking we have to sit down and get it and get it done so i like it we got housing we got schools we had homeless and crime as as some of your things that you've heard from your knocking on 5000 doors like you mentioned of, of of concerns of the people i've also heard that you want to do something for dogs and shelters and stuff like that yes yes that's something that i say and and when i knock at doors i always ask because believe me everybody has a dog it's unbelievable you know and many don't have it for example but those that have it love it and you know it's not only a friend the dog it becomes part of the family i know if you study the market around they spend money best food best this best that and they want it because it's part of the family and what i see we spend a lot of money it's part of the environment too I mean, we spend a lot of money to save the whales, the manatees, the turtles at the beach, all animals that you can think of, which I think is a beautiful beauty, you know, that, that we have. And it costs a lot of money too. But then we take the dogs and don't get me wrong, the pond is incredibly run, very clean, very organized, etc. But if the dogs are not lucky to find a home, six months, I don't recall exactly, but it's a limited time. After a while, they go into euthanasia and they, they get liquidated, they get killed. I've heard stories, uh, I don't know if you heard the story about the Beagle, that is the one that got like 150,000 no. requests in America because they wanted a Beagle. They put it in the gas chamber with other dogs, and when they opened the gas chamber 20 minutes later, the dog was standing on the pile like this uh, of dead dogs, and he was the one standing there all, all freaking out. The story went public and went viral, and everybody wanted the dog. So what I'm saying, we, we, we spend so much money into so many things. And then our best friend, the dog, who is so humble, such a, such a good soul, such a good creature, then at the end we have to end up because, you know, uh, money. We send money for $45 billion to other countries. And it's people that are suffering. Understand, please don't make the mistake. I'm not comparing people to dogs. But, you know, dogs are part of the family. I myself, I'm going to go get one. When I'm finished my campaign, because I'm, I'm never home, I'm always in the street, you know, to knock at doors, you got to be out there, you know, shaking hands and knowing the people and hearing and seeing the dogs around, uh, or the ones that are left in the street and everything. And uh, I'm going to go get one. The one with the patch in the eye, it was 20 minutes before it gets into the chamber. That's the one that I want, you know, and that's yeah. that's part of what you want to you wanna also do. Now, we are going to be in the House of Representatives. There's going to be the you know the Democrats and the Republicans always sharing ideas and bouncing up, debating. You know, it's always good to have a good debate. How would you um, work with those that oppose your ideas? Listen, um, you're always going to have an opposition. Let's say in a way, unless they get in a bad way, you're always going to have an enemy. Because if you don't have enemies, you really are not doing anything, achieving anything, because whatever ideas you have, somebody might be opposed. So let's not call an enemy. Let's say an opposition. And of course, what I would do is listen, because you got to also listen to the other side. They have a point. They see it their way. It's a different point of views. And there's nothing better than a healthy debate. And that's what I think America needs, because, you know, there is one side that doesn't want to speak to the other side. One side goes against the other. And then, you know, in the middle, everything gets really distorted and it's not exactly what we're supposed to talk about, okay? So common sense has to come into it and that's when I like to listen. Why do you oppose me? What is it that you don't like? 
and even knocking doors. Don't believe everybody is very, very, very fine with it. And many people will tell you, why are you wearing a red hat? Or why is this? I don't like that. Talk. And then after a while, you will see how they will understand your point. You will understand them. And there is an understanding. And they see a possibility to work with you and you with them. So uh, you got to be bipartisan. Yeah, that's the idea. But then, you know, when you go into the dirty side of politics, you know, and this I want to clarify to people. Perosh, why are you involved into this? Or I don't want to get involved into it because it's dirty. Doesn't matter how dirty you think it is. Politics is very important because it rules everything in your life. How much is a gallon of gas? How much is a gallon of milk? Where your kids are going to study? What are they going to learn? And if they let you out of your house, at what time you can get out of your house? So imagine all that is ruled by politics. How much is left in your pocket after they tax you? All that is politics. You better get involved. And if it's not because of you, because it doesn't make you exempt from paying gas. So I always say election of consequences. Okay. So vote responsible. Do the homework and make sure who you're voting for is somebody that has common sense. And there's nothing healthier than a debate. But lately you cannot have it. People get offended by anything. The truth seems to be cumbersome. You know, you say the truth. And the good thing about the truth is it never stops knocking. So that's why I knock so much. Because so many things can be said about me, but I put my face into it. I put my money into it. And I give my name into it without hiding it. I am knocking. You want to know the real Peroche? It's right there at your door. I am sorry for the ones that haven't knocked because it's physically impossible to cover all. But I'm doing my best. When they tell you, no, I will mail it, and there is no reason to mail a vote. What, why you do not give 15 minutes, drive, like you go to the publics, like you want, early voting. Uh, there is so many occasions that you can do this personally. America deserves it. If you are not willing to give 15 minutes of your time to save this country, then I don't know. Then we have a bigger problem that we think is huge. So that's what I'm saying. I feel like crying when I say this because I'm a gladiator. I have Italian blood, Venezuela in my heart. I've seen how countries get down to, to the wire of, of decency, of, of things that they could doing, be doing great, and people just don't want to get involved. I understand it's nasty. I understand, no, I don't want nothing to do with it, but it's going to catch. It's going to catch to you soon. So get involved. If not for you, for your kids, for your grandkids, it's their future. And that's what I want to leave. A future for my son and the pride to say my father did what he could. So if elected, if elected and you go through your terms, how would you like to be remembered as after you're done? About a guy that spoke the truth, gave his best, and he bear no harm to anybody at all. You don't want to make enemies. You want to make friends. You want everybody to do well. And every, if you do well, everybody around you should do well. And when you are in a position that you have a mic, that's why you got to win. And I tell you, ah, politician, all they want to do is win. If you don't have a mic in front of you and you don't have the attention of people, it's very difficult to get your idea through. That's why you got to debate. That's why you got to put your time into it. And believe me, the pay is not as high. It's not something like that. It's because I want to do it. I want to do that. I want to do that. Of course, there might be some vanity into it. Sure. Why not? It's my name. It's my last name. I like to leave it clean. There a guy that made a run. And at the end of my life, I would like to say something when I'm about to exit. You know, I like to turn around, look there and say, whoa, what a ride. You know what I mean? 
And you cannot say that if you didn't do good things because it wasn't a good ride at all. When it's a good ride, no matter what happens, up and downs, up and downs, but you did good, you turn around, you salute, you leave, you leave a good memory, you leave good friends, you leave a new good name, a good legacy for your kids, a good education, then you can leave and say, thank you, goodbye, nice ride. So now going to a, um, a set of lighter questions now, uh, stress is all over, you know, everybody experienced stress, especially in politics, you know, uh, there's a lot of stressful moments. So after a long, stressful day, how would you like to relax? Listen, it's funny. I, I ain't going to tell you because you, you, you're you such a relaxed person that you say, well, I don't know if I should say this or not, but it's a funny one. You know what I do? People that know me, when I don't answer the phone or something and they know I'm home, it's not answering. He must be vacuuming. You know, when I'm very nervous and I'm stressed, I vacuum. I don't, don't ask me. I'm the best vacuumer you can find. I go everywhere. I have a collection of vacuums because this is good, that's not good, and stuff like that. So far, I'm not being paid and sponsored by Dyson, <laughs> but I must say the Dyson is one hell of a, of a vacuum cleaner. And the other one is whenever I have a minute, I have a time, and people might see me around the district, I'm on a motorcycle. It gives you a sense of freedom. You notice things around you because you don't have the roof of a car or you, you, you are not enclosed into You do see around, and Miami is a beautiful place. I've traveled to the United States. I've been in the desert in California with a motorcycle. I'm a motorcycle enthusiast, and that really relaxes me. There's nothing. It gives you a sense of freedom. Your mind goes into something else. It's a fantastic. I had three motorcycle accidents, you know, so, <laughs> so never mind. I might be a better politician than a rider. I don't know. But I tell you one thing. A rider that never had an accident, don't go with him because sooner or later it's bound to happen. But never mind. Never mind. It's part of the deal. It's part of that sport that keeps you up, that keeps your heart beating. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. And what is your go-to meal for a last-minute guest? Ah, now you touch me in the soul. I'm Italian. You know, Italian blood. You know what they say? You are, you are what you eat. You are how you pray. I pray in Italian. Can you believe it? And 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 then so when I go to my meal, it's Italian food. You know, it's Italian food. I love all Latin food, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, I do. But for me, I mean, you know, you see my pasta being at home and it's never empty. I got a lot of ammunition there. <laughs> Whatever pasta you need, I'm ready. So at the last minute, I throw in a pasta because I'm telling you, in Italy, when we're immigrants, you know what they teach the kids. When you're nine, 10 years old, they put you in front of a boiling water. They teach you how to do it, how to put the salt, how to cook pasta, and how to do the sauce. When you can do a dish of pasta and speak three languages, I speak four. My son speaks even Japanese. So I don't know where that came out. <laughs> He's the intelligent one in the family. I speak four languages. If you speak four languages and you, you know how to cook pasta, you're ready to go. And I don't have the problem of getting fat because I'm, I'm walking and I'm knocking. Believe me, I can have all the pasta that I want. I don't go up a pound because you do burn it out in the street. In the heat, it's it's incredible. But what a, what an experience. What an experience. And for food, yes, Italian. If not, I will order. I have a few key places that are fantastic. There is a few pizzerias, few places. Fantastic food. Really good. Really good. And lastly, I know that we're running out of time, but uh, we like to talk about Key Biscayne. And I know that you've lived in the key for, for a couple of years. Tell us about what your favorite part of Key Biscayne is. More than a couple of years. I had an apartment that I was lucky enough to have it on the beach. And you could see that sunrise. It was amazing. It was amazing. 
have friends that tell me, Alberto, if there was a car dealer in here, I would never leave because you have to take your car to serve it. I would be in the city. If it would be a movie hall, I wouldn't leave the city. What do what, what you leave with the key for? And then how many places do you know that you press the button of an elevator, opens the door, and I don't know, 150 feet away, you have, a, you have the sea in front of you or something. It's a luxury. It's something unbelievable. And it's something that you should pray every day to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for so much beauty. It's amazing. And you are just a few minutes away from that value of passion, of high-rise buildings, of all the traffic, whatever you want. Keep it scanning. It's a paradise. And if I get elected, we got to keep it that way. Keep it scanning is in my heart. I have very, very, very good years there. Alberto, thank you so much for jumping on the show to telling us about your story, where you come from, what you plan to do when you run for office, and, uh, and taking the time for joining us and giving you scanning stories. Thank you so much. I appreciated the opportunity. I thank you all. I'm sorry I get passionate. And I think actually I shouldn't apologize because you need the passion to do this. Because otherwise, if you're forced to do this, it won't work. And uh, luckily for me, I feel it. And when I say something, I really mean it. And that's what we're going to try to do. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. you. You relax so much. I don't think I have to vacuum today because it was a very relaxing interview with you. You're fantastic. You're fantastic. I know you and, and, and I commend you. You are a young man and there should be more young men like you who get involved, who like to get in touch with people who are happy for a debate. I commend you. You are a man in God. You are a, you, you are a fantastic kid. You, your parents did an excellent job and I know you you're doing a fantastic work for your own I wish you the best and God bless you thank you so much for the opportunity thank you thank you, thank you.